What's up, Knicks fans? It's Martin from Knicks UK, and welcome to another episode of the Across the Pond podcast. No, we're not all dreaming. The Knicks are currently the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference and are currently on an 8-0 winning streak. Me, Scott and Cal recap all the games, acknowledge King Julius's Player of the Week accolade and get into much more. As always, thank you for checking us out. We hope you enjoy the pod. Right, well, good evening, boys. We've uh, we've got a uh, eight and zero winning team. Um, Cal, how are you doing this evening? Yep, very well. Scott, how are we doing? I'm doing good, man. Yourself? Yeah, great, man. And what about Stevie in the background? He's fine. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> for, the, for, for those who are, who are listening, Scott has a uh, Stevie G image behind him on each and every podcast and he stands there smiling every time and you know what he's got every reason to smile this week we're, we're eight and oh the knicks are flying and my goodness me we've got something special brewing over in manhattan um the knicks took on the mavs in our first game since the last podcast the knicks obviously came out victorious and um got that win over the snake what do we take from that one, Carl? Did, did we enjoy it? Did we, you know, what, oh, what the big takeaway? <laughs> oh, I certainly enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, I said on the last pod that the Lakers win was my favourite of the season. Only for them to go out and beat the Mavs. I mean, I, I was feeling, you know, you're feeling okay before the game, thinking we could win this. But then you think, oh, KP might turn up. Doncic is a quality player. They've got some decent role players with Brunson, etc. And what then proceeded to happen was Julius Randle decided, no, um, we're going to absolutely smack KP and the Dallas Mavericks and uh, carry on this win streak. And it was just another game where Julius took over. RJ was fantastic. Uh, Everyone was was playing playing well. D Rose again. Well, I know we're probably going to talk about a fair bit today. Was was really good. Everyone just pulled together again to win another tough game that people didn't think we would win, and people keep thinking our winning streak is going to come to an end, and it may well do at some point. But we're proving it against some of these teams that are, you know, supposed playoff level teams that we potentially might get to go up against um, at some point and we're just proving everyone wrong and it's just you absolutely love to see it and like I said Julius completely dominated that game Um, he dropped 44 7 and 10 I mean he did take 29 shots he did but he was 6 of 11 from 3 as well so he just took over and RJ took over down the stretch as well. And it was just brilliant, brilliant performance that Mavs game. Yeah, I agree with that, man. I thought the Mavs game, I wasn't looking forward to it after the last time we played them at MSG. We weren't great that night, but over in Dallas, we just, for start to finish, we were really good. And Julius, I think he had a personal vendetta against somebody there because he just ran the show from start to finish. RJ as well and Derek Rose chipping in plus the other guys in the team. We were we were really good and we did well deserved the victory. 
and I'll look at Dontich was moaning constantly like he always does, but no, we will deserve the victory. Yeah, I mean, the next pre-game got some pretty difficult news about Alec Burks, who'd been carrying us in the clutch, and at that point, you sort of expected the worst, um, because the Knicks, you know, whilst they were on this this run, were being carried in the clutch by Burks, who was sort of making some big plays, but Randall came out aggressive. He, he wanted, as the hometown kid, to uh, put on a bit of a show. Um, I mean, I've seen replays of that. That, you know, that KP dunk over him, but forget that he completely outplayed uh, Paul Zingis. Um, and and I'll, I'll, I'll be brutally honest, the Knicks could have been out of sight in this, in this game in the first half, had Hardaway not had his one in 70 games where he's hot and he's hitting everything. Um, I mean, he, Randall, this, this is, he's just, not only is he putting up points, and yeah, he took 29 shots, but it's the it's the assists, it's the grabbing big boards, it's the defense. You know, it, it it's great to see. And, and and again, we saw that block from from Noel. I mean, I nearly fell off the bed when I saw that. Um, I screamed, screamed so hard. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Un, un, unreal, unreal. It and. He's done that all year. I mean, we're probably, we could probably take a block from each of these games where Noel has ended someone at the rim. Yeah. And it's, you know, attack the rim if you wish, but Noel's going to be there and he's swatting them like flies. It's, un- it's unbelievable. And as I say, I think Scott mentioned it and you, and you Cal about Rose. He was clutch. Him and IQ. Um, he uh, rolled uh, Barrett as well, sort of picking up the mantle for Burks, and we'll speak about it. But I don't think we've we've really we've really missed him. And one of the, my favourite plays, and I, and I made a note of it, is was RJ, and it was right at the beginning of the the game in the first quarter where he recognised him uh, mismatch on Cleaver, and he just went. Elf was calling for the ball, and he sort of cleared it out. He took it to the cup, beautiful finish at the rim, but it was just that. You know, forcing a shot sometimes, giving deviating back to Peyton, who's getting into the paint and forcing it up. But he just sort of he's taken on that role now, Barrett. And it everything's been been great. But the fact that Barrett's doing it, the fact that IQ's coming back alive, the fact Randall's carrying this team on his shoulders and everyone seems to be following is just unreal. And this is going to be a damn positive podcast. And we've only done the first game. There's three more to go. Um the New Orleans game. What do we think of that one? OT at MSG. Yeah, it was a bit of a crazy one, wasn't it? And again, I think we struggled shooting a little bit, apart from Reggie, who shot well. And eventually B. Rose was, was sort of uh, one of the contributing factors to why we won this game in the end, I think. Um, obviously, we had that moment at the end, which... Could could go down as one of the best photographs taken at MSG for for, for the last few seasons. That shot, and again, it was over my boy Lonzo. So it's difficult for me to say, but you know, crazy ending. We fought back. We didn't shoot particularly well throughout. I thought we, we were forcing it a little bit in, in in areas, but again, we've said it every week. 
the the grit and determination of this team, the never say die attitude that Tibbs has installed in them and the rest of the coaching staff allowed us to take it to overtime. We got the momentum and we managed to managed to pull it around and win it in overtime. And that, again, that play at the end, I was worried again because our late game execution has not been not been great. Um, and I think the play was for Derek Rose to, you know, take it all the way. And then he kicked it out to Reggie and what a shot. What a shot. Yeah, I know. I mean, I really enjoyed this game, I have to say. I thought both teams were going at it 100% against each other. I thought Zion, Ingram at the start was really good. I thought Zion at times was unmarkable. Uh, but we stuck in there. And that's what we've done. That's why we're on this 8-0 run. Because even though we go behind in games or we look like we're not playing well, we stick in. We keep trying the same things, maybe new things, but we keep trying. And all the players back each other up and then... Randall comes up with big shots, but uh, RJ comes up with big shots. Derek Rose comes into it at the end, and he's always clutch at the end. He always comes up with big shots, big plays, even if it's just an assist. So, again, I went in the overtime, but I think in overtime, again, in overtime, we won. We won, we won, we won, we won away quite easy in overtime. That's a couple of overtime games we went to. It's been quite close, and then we get to overtime. We seem to get a, a spark of energy for somewhere, and we seem to run away with a couple of buckets in our own. They get the win. Yeah, I agree with that. I used to hate overtime because I thought the momentum's gone in the game. It could go either way. And we always, we always historically seem to start slow, but I've I just got that confidence when we go into overtime that we're going to get it done. And I think Rose sort of set the tone in this one, uh, particularly down the stretch. The, yeah, the recognition of Lonzo's sort of coming to a bit too close to the hoop and leaving uh, Reggie open was great because, as you, as you said, it, it was probably drawn up as for him to to get the layup and then try and force a, a turnover. But this one, it was sort of the, the headline was uh, Zion and Julius going back and forth. And it was, a, it was a really good battle to watch. The refs did let them go at it, albeit Zion did get a few, a few calls that... Uh, you know the superstar calls, as they say, but it was it was a, a really really good game against two relatively young teams who are sort of jostling position in their in their conferences. The Pelicans have probably underachieved, but they're a damn good team, and they're probably a team that the Knicks should have difficulties with. Uh, Adams is great on the boards, you know, big strong center. There was times where. Noel and, and Taj really struggled with, with him. Um, then we had um, I mean, Lonzo, is a, he's, you know, he's, a, he's, a good, he's a good player. He, he doesn't cause you that many problems um, as the Knicks. Um, but then you've got Ingram who can handle the ball, you know, big wing. He never got going in this one. And then, you, you know, you have Zion who, who tests your defence. He, he he's sort of playing point Zion at the moment, isn't he? And he's kicking it out to shooters. And in this one, was it, it Bledsoe got hot, didn't Bledsoe, he? Bledsoe, yeah, Bledsoe. I was just looking at the stats now. Bledsoe was yeah. the one who started hitting threes and stuff ridiculously. And it was just like, here we go. Yeah. It's always one person against us that tends to just get hot or whatever, and we can never put a stop to it. And then eventually we do, and it takes a bit of time to make the adjustments. 
this one yeah. again, like you said, it was a good, it was just a good battle, wasn't it? It was, yeah. it felt like this is a matchup that down the years, this will be one that's sort of looked at like, oh, it's the next Pels game. It's going to be the battle of Zion versus Julius. And to be honest, Zion couldn't get near Julius at some points. Like he was taking mm. him to school and really showing him, you know, what, what it's what it's like to be in the NBA. But it was a good battle. And like you said, it's difficult for me to say about Lonzo, but you have to just look at it that he, he was helping out his future team with, with a win <laughs> towards the end. You know, he probably had that in the back of his mind. And overall, it was just one of those, he came away and he thought, yeah, we've, we've, we've ground it out again. We've, we've been gritty down the stretch. And like you said, in overtime, we just pulled away with it. Um, I mean, I'm looking at the stats again here that, I always forget because you stay up early hours to watch these games. I often forget what's going on. But <laughs> you look at the first quarter and they, they had the lead by four. Then the second, we we ran away with it. They were only allowed 19 points and we scored 36. And then we sort of dropped off in the third again, a bit of a theme, and then we managed to tie it up in the fourth. And then we ran away with it in overtime and the, the defence came back in. So it it was a bit of a crazy game as it has been. And, but you know what? I wouldn't have it any other way at the moment. These fast-paced games, back and forth, being competitive, crazy scorelines, like, it, it's just been so much fun to watch. And I know we keep banging on about how rubbish we've been in the past and how, how it's been so much fun this season. But genuinely, it's just so fun to be involved in these type of games. Like It just feels different. And before we came on, we said that you know, it's got that sort of vibe that they could make some noise in the playoffs, maybe, if, if we do end up getting there. And that would just be insane. I mean, we said as well about MSG, the noise. I mean, there's only two or 3,000 people in there at the moment. But imagine when they allow 25%, 30% capacity, or when it goes back to full capacity. My God, it's going to be absolutely booming in there and absolutely rocking. So... Let's just hope that we can get to the playoffs and show some teams and show the rest of the league that we are serious and that this team is one that you, you won't want to come up against. You know who thinks the Knicks are serious? Go on. Zion. Zion. Yes, yes he does. does Purring over he? MSG. Purring yes. over it. Couldn't could see his smile from Wigan. It was on. Un- <laughs> you could you, you knew where the, the 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 media were going, but he he just looked like he wanted to say it. He wanted to come out. He wanted to tease us, and you know, I'm being slightly facetious. None of us expect any move for Zion Williamson. None of us expect anything too major in the off season. But the the culture change at at MSG. The way the league is perceiving the Knicks, just watch that Zion interview and it's changing. There is someone, there is a player, there are players in the NBA who will now be craving to come to the Knicks. Craving it. And that's not that's not over-egging the pudding. There are gonna be players who are going to want to join all NBA, Julius Randle. Let's speak it into existence. And um, RJ Barrett, Emmanuel quickly, and again in this one, Emmanuel quickly. He's he struggled. I said earlier, I think I got the games mixed up uh, with the Mavs. 
it was this game where he sort of got his his game back and he was big, big, big in the uh, in the OT. I think he hit a couple of free throws, but it was just that aggressive play and sort of that gravity of him being on the, the court that, that opened everything up. But make no mistake about it, whilst we'll probably get into it a bit later about some people sleeping on the Knicks, there are going to be players who want to play for this team and want to play for uh, Coach Tibbs because what he's done is, is incredible. And that continued into the game against the Hornets, in which the Knicks run out winners, despite what was a, a shaky first half, Scott. It was quite shaky, Martin, but it's one of the games where we didn't start well again, uh, and we went, we fell behind, and you thought, we need to dig deep here, and we did it again, I know. I mean, look at Randall, he only got 16, but RJ was superb. I thought he wanted a game late on, 24 points. But Derek Rose and IQ, both for 17 points each, and I thought they'd done really well. But we also had other scores for the bench, and it's one of the games where you just think, this time last season we would have lost it. Even at the start of the season, we might have lost it, but you look back to your Timberwolves eh, game, but no, I thought we got the one, and you said earlier, we've done eight in a row, but I mean, just think the games that we've lost narrowly could have been more than eight in a row. Oh, easily. Definitely could have been, you know, these these certain games were... We, we could have won against Timberwolves, springs to mind, done it. And, you know, it, it, you know, it, we could have easily had, you know, more wins. And, and but that, you've got to look at it positively, haven't you? The Charlotte game was the RJ Barrett game, you know, six made threes down the stretch. He was, he was superb. Reggie Bullock again. I mean, Reggie over the last few games has just been absolutely incredible, hasn't he? And, yeah, it's just just absolutely class. And again, IQs sprung back into life with 17 points in just 19 minutes off the bench. D Rose again, 17 points, five assists. Julius obviously didn't shoot the ball well, but he still chipped in with the rebounds and the assists. Nerlens had big rebounds again, and he had a couple of blocks and. This one was just a real team team win again. It wasn't anyone taking over the game. It was it. This was more of a game where the bench sort of came in and really lifted us, and we managed to sort of save the win. And we managed to pull away in the end. I mean, the scoreline was pretty pretty decent in the end for us. And again, like I said, it's the RJ Barrett game. And if he's shooting six of eleven from three more often than not, then you've got to take that. I mean. Compared to where he was last year, his the strides he's taken have been just absolutely unbelievable. And he, he's going to be a superstar. I mean, I don't care what, what people say outside of the Knicks and what other fans or whatever say. Like, he's going to be absolutely sensational. Yeah. And the thing with RJ is that he has these struggles in, in certain parts of the game and it just doesn't seem to phase him. So... In this one, I think, did he have sort of three or four points in the the first half and then exploded in, I think it was in the third quarter. Yeah, pretty much. You know, it was that, it was the the catalyst of him, you know, turning it on that sort of opened up this game at the beginning of the the second half. I mean, Charlotte were hitting everything, weren't they, in the first first half? Uh, yeah. I think it was PJ Washington who just. Oh, yeah. It's one of the, again, another player who. 
<laughs> another player who just got hot against us. And again, it's just, it is ridiculous that it keeps happening. But to be honest, they, they always tend to do this and then Tibbs will make the adjustments at half time and then we'll come out and have a bit of a dodgy third quarter and then we'll save it on the fourth. But with this game, it was, you know, we, we, we did dominate it throughout. I thought the third quarter of this, this game, especially, we held them, I think, for 15 or 16 points in the third, I seem to remember. Mm. And again, well, like yeah. I said, RJ was, was superb in the third and fourth. He was, you know, he'd not shot well, but that's the thing with him this year. Like I said a minute ago, he, He's not taking a hit on the confidence. I think mm. Tibbs is definitely in his ear saying, listen, just keep doing what you're doing and the shots will fall. And as long as you're taking the good shots, which which he was taking decent shots, I don't think he was particularly forcing forcing anything. The ball just the, the wasn't going through the hoop. And then the third and the fourth it was. And, and that's a testament to him and that's a testament to the confidence that Tibbs and co have instilled into him this season. And he he's able to step up and again we didn't have Alec Burke so we didn't have that scoring off the bench but it didn't really matter in the end we had everyone else step up and there's no knock on Alec Burks obviously I can't wait for him to come back because he adds another you know dynamic off the bench and you know he can run point for us a little bit but you've got guys like Reggie and and everyone and even like Taj although he doesn't put up points he's always getting the blocks and he gets steals and he's getting the rebounds and he's always really tough in the paint and it's just a collaborative effort, isn't it, that's managing yeah. to win us these games. And it, it's it's just so good to see the togetherness. And you see these guys on the bench all celebrating and, and everything. And you can just feel that togetherness. And it really sort of, it, it wears off on the crowd as well. And it wears off on us watching at home. And you can just feel that energy and you can feel the synergy between all of them. And it, it's just been brilliant. And hopefully they can carry this forwards if they can like i said they they might be able to make make some some noise when it comes to the playoffs who knows yeah and you mentioned about the um it about them sort of turning it on in the second half defensively i mean it, they had 66 points in the first half and they finished with 97 it's crazy and so you know what's that 31 points it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. just, they just decided to put on the clamps. RJ exploded. And and whilst RJ exploded and he probably, well, he did get the headlines. I think this one was the, the real IQ coming back party because he was insane in the second quarter. He put up sort of 15, 16, 17 points. And he was... He kept the Knicks in the game. He he kept the Knicks going stride for tri stride for stride with the Hornets, who, as you say, were lights out. And the, the the positive from all of this is, I mean, we had Rose with seventeen as well. Is that we spoke about Julius, and sometimes you have players in the NBA who they are scorers. You know, they can rebound. Um, but when one asset of the game is down. They don't necessarily impact the game positively and it's just a poor game. We we don't get that from Randall. What we get is we get, yeah, he has an off night shooting. He does his work on the boards and he's facilitating. He finished with, with seven assists. But the majority yeah. of those assists, you know, would probably factor in with, with RJ's shooting because 
there seems to be a chemistry with with both RJ and Reggie that, that's been building throughout the year. And um, again, it, it just shows that he is a player that has more than just, you know, bully ball and putting up points and that the fact that he's just added a three-point shot to his game. It's everything, the facilitating and really stepping up and, and playing some solid defence. Um, and, and, and it's great to see. I mean, and then we, we, we get into this last one against the Hawks last night and this was this was this felt like a playoff battle i mean yeah there were men down men you know everyone was going down keller (laughs) trey went down for the hawks and we had noel took a hard fall your guy taj i'm coming for you solomon hill (laughs) he said that with such sincerity (laughs) he punched him he punched him, and I—I I was fuming. I was absolutely fuming at the time. Yeah. He, he basically gave him a swift right hook to the face, and off Taj went down the tunnel, and then Noel went down, and Trey, like you said, Trey went down, and then Capella went down, and <laughs> Norvell Pell went down, and it was like every few seconds somebody was was on the floor. <laughs> like you said, it had that. We this isn't the first game this season where it's had a playoff vibe to it, and it's been a bit back and forth, and. Again, Julius Randle in this game was again, he took over, and it seems to be that I mean he had a forty-four point outing when we played him last, didn't he? And we went absolutely ballistic. This time he was he was just as good in my opinion. He, he you know dished out six assists, grabbed eleven rebounds. He's just people are saying to me and to you that he's not an All NBA level player. Based on this season, I'm not thinking about what happened last season. I'm not thinking about what happened when he was at the Pelicans or when he was at the Lakers or whatever. We're talking strictly about this season. He is playing at an all-NBA calibre level. He, he is. And he's just been absolutely superb. And Again, I don't think RJ had the best night shooting. I, I, he, he did force it a little bit, I thought for the first time in a while. But even so, he still ended up with 16 points, five or six, six rebounds, which is not a bad stat line. I mean, I don't, I don't like to look at the stat lines too much, but you know that people will. So he still had a positive influence on the game. The only issue I'd find with this game was that the turnovers, early doors were, yeah. were, were bad. We, we seemed to turn the ball over quite a lot and we sort of got into a bit of a funk, didn't we, where we were turning the ball over a fair bit. But we've managed to make the adjustments again and, and we pulled through. And again, Derek Rose and IQ, those two coming off the bench were just brilliant. Both had 20 points. Both had, you know, a bit efficient nights. They both both took 11 and 12 shots. Cra- crazy. Derek Rose is looking like vintage Derek Rose out there at the moment. And IQ is looking like IQ from earlier on before the all-star break and it's just everything is culminating in winning these games and we've I mean we even got to see a bit of Norvell Pell with all the injuries and I thought he looked fairly fairly solid I mean I think they signed him they came out today didn't they they signed him to a multi-year multi-year deal so again it it just comes back to that gritty defence and when the offence is flowing this team is dangerous 
because of how good the defense is. And you just, I just hope we can sustain it for the next. I don't know how many games we've got left. Eleven, I think eleven or twelve games we've got left. So let's just hope we can sustain it. Yeah, and let's say the, the the main story in this one is is Randall, who, as you say, another forty piece, twenty one shots. Yeah, and then you had the two, you know, the two guards off the bench, Rose, who's been unbelievable since the trade. I mean. We made a you know a joke about him being for a bag of cookies, and we've you know we've talked about you know vintage uh, Derek Rose. We've we've talked about Alfred Payton and how there are a number of guards who would just sort of move the needle. I think Derek Rose has been just a phenomenal pickup, not only just for the value of the deal itself, but just what he's brought to this team. There's been there's that. Offensively, it changes the second he gets on the floor. And yeah. defensively, I've never seen him compete like he's competed at the moment. I mean, you see those where he's flying over to the to the corner, he's blocking shots, he's getting over screens. It's so it's it's on that end just as much as the, the offense. And the offense, but for, for us in particular, I think he's helped bring that on. I mean, quickly he's learning from him, he understands the game probably a lot more having played with Rose. Topping, he seems to have developed some good chemistry with Topping. And whilst Topping didn't put up many points last night, he looked, he looked good on the defensive end. But speaking about how efficient Julius was, those two off the bench were, again, they put up 21 points, at 40, uh, 40 points on 21 shots. And again, good. It's, it's good. It's good. Efficiency. It's... It, you know, the, the Knicks struggled offensively and a lot of these wins were through their defence, their effort and just being motivated through through coaching or, you know, personal pride, whatever it may be. But these games, when it comes down the stretch, the Knicks have a clear scheme and they have players who can hurt you, whether it be IQ, whether it be Rose, whether it be RJ, whether it be Randall, they can hurt you in a number of different ways. Sorry, Reggie, I forgot you. Reggie as well has been huge. So that that lineup of quickly uh, Rose, um, quickly Rose, they've sort of interchanged. So um, quickly, mate, I'd, I'd probably go Rose quickly, um, Barrett, Randall, and Noel. It's a um, good lineup. It is, and sort of interchange with Bullock has just been lights out down the stretch. Yeah, it's, it's I think that, that lineup has been superb. Yeah, down the stretch, especially uh, that lineup has been good with with Reggie sort of switching in and out, and then before Burks was was out of the health and safety uh, protocols. Just nice to have that depth there, isn't it? And when you've got guys who can spark off the bench, it helps turn these games around late on. And like I said, we're going to need all of these guys to be doing this for the next. 11 games or however long we've got left um, and we're going to need to carry some of this momentum into the playoffs if we get there uh, or the play-in if we get there so let's just wait and see let's just uh, hope that we can sustain it like I said earlier yeah let's keep it rolling who's next Raptors Raptors, Raptors. next Saturday yeah and it's again it's part of this homestand so let's hope we get another one hopefully Thank you.
So you've probably noticed that uh, one of the three amigos has dipped out. Um, Scott's not not feeling too good, so um, he's bobbed out of the Zoom, and me and Cal are going to go from here. So we're we're wishing Scott that he feels better, and um, I think this this run of Knicks games has got to him. Overexcitement, and oh, probably yeah. put it down to overexcitement. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, don't blame him. No. I mean, I was doing the uh, the quickly walk after the uh, the three in the house before <laughs> before this podcast. I mean, what what isn't there to love? I mean, we've got a we've got a great young team. We're flying. We're we're going above expectations, and we've also got the Eastern Conference Player of the Week, Julius Randle, recognised for his stellar stellar play, and fully deserved, wasn't it? 100% so deserved finally getting some proper recognition I mean he's got all the recognition from from the Knicks community and uh, everyone everyone who follows the Knicks and obviously we wax lyrical about him on here loads and it's nice just to see him get the recognition from the league and that will send a message out as well you know it sends a big message out and he's just been so good this season and I know we've said it you know we've sound like broken records on this podcast sometimes, but nobody expected him to be this good. We might have expected a little bit of improvement, maybe being a little bit less selfish. And that we would have taken that. <laughs> we would have absolutely yeah. taken that. We'd have taken him just as a power forward that scores and that can get in the post and can bully. What he's turned into and what this coaching staff and what he has turned himself into is a three-level scoring dominating machine facilitating defense rebounds the three-point shot the consistency from the line the mid-range game the baseline fadeaways it's just he's got it all and I'm absolutely not having this oh he's not playing at an all-NBA level because it's the Knicks and oh he didn't do it last season I don't care about last season I don't care about what he did at the Pelicans I don't care what he did at the Lakers I care what he's doing night in, night out right now. And that is dominating teams and setting his teammates up and leading by example and just being an, just an inspiration that if you work hard enough at your weaknesses, that you can turn anything around. I think we said before the pod, he's, his three-point percentage has gone up from like 28% to you know, around 40%, which is just, it's unheard of. I'd be intrigued to know what other players have made a jump that big in three-point percentage and in, in efficiency from three, because, my God, every time he does a little step back or every time he takes a three, you've got the confidence. Last season, you just thought it was going to fly into the Hudson. But, you know, this season, you know that he's going to drain it and, you feel comfortable with him taking... I mean, he takes the contested threes as well. He doesn't even just take the wide-open threes. He's shooting over players that are in his face and they're still going in. So it's just a testament to him and, and to the coaching staff and to his teammates probably not for giving up on him and, and probably, you know, having a part to play in that. And to get recognised overall, it was, it was... I mean, it's brilliant for us. It just, you know, as a fan base and as a community especially on Twitter, it's great. You know, everyone's so positive at the moment and everyone's feeling the love. And when 
Jules got named as the player of the week. Everyone was going crazy and it was, it was just, it was heartwarming. And it's just, like you said, it's nice for him to be recognised and it fully deserved. I mean, over this eight game stretch of wins, he's been unplayable at times. Yeah. And the thing is, it, as you said, we've gone over it a load of time. It's chalk and cheese from, from last year. It's he, This guy's a different player, but... I mentioned it before when you took a, a deep uh, inhale of breath when I said it's it's LeBron James probably light the way he's impacting these 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 games. It's yeah, you know, I, people are going to come for me for that, I don't, and I don't care because it's it. These teams know damn well who's at the center of the Knicks' resurgence. Yep. They know damn well that if you're going to stop this Knicks team, you have to stop Randall. And it isn't just about stopping him putting up points. It's stopping about him facilitating. It's and yeah, there are superstars throughout the league. And I'm not I'm not saying that Julius Randall is LeBron James for those listening and ready to send me a tweet in the morning and talking to the Nets gang. Um I'm saying that he's having an impact like a LeBron James on a on, on a on a lesser scale in the sense of he's making his teammates better and he's helping develop the culture with this coaching staff. And I think we spoke before about that, that Mamba mentality and what you were talking oh, yeah. about, if you want to go yeah. into that. Yeah, 100%. So obviously anyone who knows me, big Kobe fan and and I read everything about him, Mamba mentality is huge. And actually what you see with, with Julius Randle is you can see that, now don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not comparing Kobe and, and Julius stylistically or that they were they will ever be this, on the same level because Kobe in my opinion is top three all time and, and he's one of the most special players I ever had the, the pleasure of watching but what I'm saying is you can see where they've spent that time together and that Mamba mentality has dripped down to Julius and he has taken that upon himself to spread that through this current Knicks team that they're staying taking shots late they're going against what Tibbs is saying and organizing shoot arounds not in our own gym and Tibbs has had to call <laughs> a blackout on training because they're doing too many shoot arounds and they just want to improve too much and the similarities between the mentalities and I think that we said it just while well, we had a little break midway through that he's because of that mentality he's got in my opinion, and again, you can come for me all you like on Twitter if you think I'm wrong. I don't care. I think he's got another two or three levels yet to go. I don't think this is the finished product with Julius Randle. This is one we're seeing a Julius Randle that took this one off season to, to change with this coaching staff. And next season, who knows? If I'm wrong, oh, you know me, I'll hold my hands up. And I've had some terrible takes before. But this is one I really do believe in. I think he's got another two or three levels to go. And I don't think you're crazy for saying that he's having a LeBron James level impact in, in terms of elevation of our team and elevation of his teammates. Because we said that if you take Julius Randle out of this team, we're probably in the gutter. As good as everyone else has been, I don't think that, that that happens without Julius Randall's emergence this season. You might see, I mean, RJ Barrett would still be on the rise, but he, he wouldn't be 
nearly as confident taking these shots that he is now. I don't think that players like Reggie Bullock would have been nearly as good. I don't think guys like Emmanuel Quickly or these players who look up to Julius as their leader and as the captain of this team would be nearly as confident as they are. And that's that's the game of basketball. And half of it is confidence. If you believe you're going to make the shot, you're going to make the shot. So having that Mamba mentality is so key. And I, I do think he's got another two or three levels to go. And I'm excited to see uh, you know, where we go with this. I mean, people were saying on Twitter that you can't build this team around him or that you shouldn't consider extending him or whatever. And these guys clearly just haven't been watching the Knicks that, that much, which, you know, it's fine. We'll do our work in silence and you'll hear about us at one point or another. We'll, we'll be there. We'll be back. We're coming back and people need to, to start taking notice because you saw it on Twitter. Those fans outside MSG were going crazy. You imagine if we start making some noise in the playoffs, then I think the rest of the league is, is going to have no choice but to notice. This, the city is is buzzing, it's and it's and it's it it's Knicks. It's it's the, the city's alive. The city loves hoops, and as you say, Julius is at the centre of that. You take away his play on the court and the numbers that he's putting up. It's that it's that as you said, Mamba mentality. It's that work ethic. It's that drive. It's that leadership that he's just given to this group and. You know, relatively young group who, you know, have have struggled, and you know, you read the reports about him going over and speaking with RJ in the middle of games at halftime, and then you know, you're having a different RJ coming out. You know, there's that that relationship between the players. You know, he's developed a great relationship with Barrett. He's developed a phenomenal relationship with Reggie Bullock, and I don't know. It's just it's refreshing and it's great to see someone who is in a, you know, not the first or second year taking a leap or surprising us, but in sort of year six or seven, really jumping out and going above and beyond where he has been before and what anyone expected. Just picking up on what you said about, you know, one or two levels up, what, what is it you think that he can improve on? Where do you think he... I think just game consistency. Improved. I think it's the yeah, consistency yeah, yeah, yeah. every night in terms of yeah. it's going to be... You've seen it over this last eight games. Yeah. You've seen it. This is what I think is going to become... He's going to become a star of the league. That That's... Genu- I genuinely believe it. And like I said, if I turn out to be wrong, then fair enough, whatever. But at this point in time, the last eight games, the last 15... like The, the whole of this season, I'm convinced that he's on a path to being one of those high-level players in the league that people will want to come and play with. And I think that it's not it's the shooting and it's the decision-making and it's the defence. I think it's still got another level to go. I, I really do. And I think the next step is getting into the play. I think that's the, le- the levels I'm probably more referring to is can we see him do this in the playoffs? Can we see him lead this team and drag them through a series? He might not do it this season. He might not do it the season after. But he's on the right path to doing it. And we forget, we're talking about young group. He's still so young himself. He's only 26. 26, yeah. He's 26 years old. He's been around for a while. He had that horrific uh, 
broken leg to start his career. So he almost feels like he's a year out from where he really should be because he missed the whole season. And I keep the people we've we've all disrespected him not on this podcast but previously before we started doing this on Twitter from last season we all had our moments where we didn't like him and we wanted him gone and everything but you got to humble yourself and say that you were wrong and that he's he's become one of our favourite players and this will be one of those Knicks teams that's really fondly remembered whether it does something or it doesn't because of the, the joy it's given us and the relevance it's it's got us so. Julius will forever have my respect and he will forever hold a place in my memory that he, he, he really just grabbed this group by the scruff of the neck along with Tibbs and dragged them through getting back to playing good basketball. And like you said, <clears throat> New York City is a Knicks city and it's a hoops town. And to see our friends across, across the pond celebrating and be as happy as they are and that that energy you know comes across to us guys and we speak to a lot of our our pals on twitter who are from the states and who live in new york and you can feel the energy you can feel like this Knicks team is back and like i said regardless of whether we somehow cock this up now and don't make the playoffs i don't care i don't care this team has proved to me that there's something there and that we can really go on and, and build on this and whether we make the playoffs or not I think that this season will be really fondly remembered by all of us because we've had so many fun moments I mean I was just thinking about the Reggie Bullock last minute shot to tie it up against the Pels like those moments are so good um, I just really it'd be so nice for us to have even more of those and I think Julius is going to be the man that's at the heart of all of that yeah no, definitely. I think he has been. He's at the centre of everything that this Knicks team has done well this year. And the uh, you know understanding from his teammates that he's the leader, that you know you see it in the post-games and the pre-games with Obi, you know, MVP getting all the screen time and all this kind of stuff. It's it's just refreshing, but it, it looks fun as well, doesn't it? You, you watch yeah, them. You want to be a part of it, yeah. You yeah, feel it's a not, part of it as well, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not forced. It's not no. you know, it's not guys who've been put together who probably couldn't spend time with each other off the court. It just seems like a, a great group. And as you say, you know, Tibbs, Leon Rose, they've sort of got these this team together, but he's cultivated, hasn't he? He's he's outgrow it, Julius. And mm-hmm. as I say, we I've loved every second of this season. It's been so and so much fun. And the thing is, sort of the next bit we're going to look at is just the week ahead, but given our expectations, what we we hope will happen, obviously, to keep the unbeaten run going, but um, just have a look at the, the, the schedule. But we've the expectations have changed. And you know, we can we can start to we can start to, to dream of of the playoffs. We can start to dream of maybe upsetting someone in the first round. And so it's it's just this uh, amalgamation of everything. It's quite emotional is the wrong word, but it's, it's it's been such a long time coming that... I think emotional is spot on. I think it is. Yeah. I mean, we've watched this team struggle and let's not be, you know, let, let's be honest. We've taken a battering on social media and we've taken a battering as a fan base. We've been made a laughing stock of and... I, 
I think we deserve this for sticking through it. And, you know, guys like Scott, who've been following this team, and obviously our friend of the pod, Derek, and, and everyone like that, who've been following this team for a long, long time, have been watching this team, you know, not play particularly great. And obviously yourself, myself, relatively new, although it's been, you know, years, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, we've been watching this team. It's just, I think it's just the reward for sticking with it. And it's fine. I think it's absolutely the right thing. We feel emotional about it because it's just so good to see the elation in some of these players' faces and the fans' faces in the stadium and in the in, in the MSG. And I think, we, like I said, I think we deserve it. I think we do. And I think I wouldn't have it any other way this season. Like you said, I've enjoyed every single minute of watching this team, which we haven't been able to do for a long time. It's been a struggle to stay up and watch and really get enthusiastic about watching Emmanuel Moudier bringing the ball up and <laughs> like watching those sorts of teams. Yeah. Like going through all that, it was tough. And we get a lot of abuse, not abuse, we get a lot of banter and a lot of stick on, on Twitter from our friends in, in the UK community specifically. But it it's it's our time that we've we've it was always going to happen at some point <laughs> that the Knicks were going to become, you know, good again, and I think we have. And don't get me wrong, there's we're not we don't think we're going to win go and win it all this season. I mean, realistically, if we're a first round exit sort of team, maybe we can pull off an ups, upset, maybe. But that that's that's not the point. The point is that we've been so bad for so long and this team's come on leaps and bounds and we've progressed it in the correct way by trying to build it through the draft and trying to, you know, develop some players this season. And it's just been nice to see. And it'd be brilliant if, if they can get, just get to the playoffs, get, hopefully get the sixth seed to get there without having to go through the play and would really be brilliant. Mm-hmm. That's my, that would be my, sort of high point you know whatever happens if if we do make it i'm cool with if we somehow manage to win a series my god i don't think i'll be able to contain myself but <laughs> but i wouldn't put it the... past them I re- no, I I wouldn't. at the same time i wouldn't put it past them too i wouldn't and i, and I said it before on last week's pod and i said it when we in our private discussions give give tibbs and his coaching staff the, the opportunity to plan for a seven game series against one of these big teams and you know coaching is a advantage that um you know you you can't you have five guys on the floor um they need to be properly coached and the fact that the Knicks have Tibbs who's a top five coach in the league is a competitive advantage against some of these big teams and um you know let, let's see what they can do let, let, let's see what we can do against one of these big teams. And I think the Suns game coming up will sort of... It could... Um, we'll, see, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see We'll see where we're at. We'll see where we're at against one of these these big boys. But just, just in terms of this year, you know, the Knicks in the next couple of years could go on and win a championship. Um, that would be absolutely amazing. The Knicks could go on and run to the conference finals. They could get through, you know, the second round, they, you know, they could have some great success, but 
I didn't expect this season. You didn't expect this season. Nobody expected this season. And the fact that it's been this good with such low expectations, I think, is the reason why it's been such a fun season. Because yeah. this is a group that you would root for, you would run run through brick walls for. Um, and that that's one of the reasons I think this this Knicks team will have a special place in, in Knicks fans' hearts. Um, as I say, it's not to say it's the most successful Knicks team. It's not to say that, you know, there's going to be a banner up at the in MSG. It's just going to be remembered, remembered so fondly because this was the change. This was that sort of the turning point. Yeah, the light switch came on. The Knicks got the Knicks got competitive. The Knicks leveled up. The Knicks became relevant again, and it and, and it's great. And with the week with the week ahead, as you say, we, it seems strange to do this this type of segment when we've achieved so much so far, but the expectations have changed. And yeah. we've got yeah. the Raptors, we've got the Suns, and we've got the Bulls this week, all at MSG. We're looking, we're looking upwards. We've got we've got three games there, two against teams who are in and around us, similar level. Um, I say in and around us, they're much lower in the standings, but it's a relatively congested conference. And then we've got the Suns who have been fantastic in the Western Conference. So what do we think will happen next week? And I mean, I think we're, we're, we're looking pretty good. I mean, it's great to have the three three games at home, continue this yeah. home stand. We've, we've been brilliant at home in general this season. Uh, obviously, we have struggled on the road at times, uh, but we've been fantastic at, at MSG. Um, Toronto on Saturday, nice UK-friendly tip. For those who, who didn't know, it's 6pm. Um, we've beaten the Raptors. We've lost against the Raptors. That one, I'd fancy us to win. Similar with the Bulls, I think, like you said, it's a fairly congested Eastern Conference. That one, again, the way we've been playing, you'd have to say that that you'd fancy us to be in with a chance of winning that one. And then, obviously, the, the, the Suns, um, one of the more likeable teams in the league in terms of being able to watch Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. They've got a fun team. They've been superb this season. They've been a really fun team to watch. Absolutely smashing it in the West. It's it's like you said. It's a great test to see. It's a good benchmark to see yeah. where we're at. You know, we might well get blown out, but it. I I don't. This Knicks team. I don't think that that's that's an option. I think they fight until the end. I think if we've managed to to win the next three, I think we're putting ourselves in a really good position to end the season. I mean, we said in the, uh, sort of in our little halftime break that 38 wins probably gets you the sixth seed. I think we're in agreement on that. Yeah, yeah. I think you look at what we've got. We've got Toronto, Phoenix, Chicago, Houston, Memphis, Denver, Phoenix again, Clippers, Lakers, Spurs, Charlotte and Boston. It's a tough run. It, it is a tough run, but... definitely. There are some winnable games left to play. And the way we've been going and the scheming and the coaching and everything that we've seen so far suggests that we might be able to get to 38 wins, which, like you said, before the season, if you'd have told me that we were going to end up with... If you'd have told me we were going to end up with 30 wins, I'd have called you crazy. 
I think I wrote at the start of the season that 30 wins would be the best possible outcome if everything fell in our favour. And we've gone beyond that, I think, now. I think we've gone beyond this just being, you know, seen as, oh, it's just a good run of games they're having. You look at the teams over this eight-game stretch that we've played. You look at the, the teams we've played since the Brooklyn loss. We, we've played some cracking teams and some teams that last season we would have buckled against. You look at these overtime wins against um, the, the Hawks and the Pelicans last season. We don't win those sort of games. It's just been such a turnaround. And if, if we can somehow get in the top six, I'd be absolutely delighted. I'd be so, so happy for, for the boys. I'd be so happy for all of our friends and all the fans getting to celebrate. And again, I still see people now saying, oh, celebrating this eight-game win streak, blah, blah, blah. But like we said last week, these guys don't know what, what it's like to <laughs> see your team constantly get battered by the media, constantly being scrutinised. And absolutely, there was you know, reason to criticise the team, but it goes beyond that. It was at points and unnecessary hate that the team gets. And to see this group of guys get all the love and recognition they are, it just makes me makes me happy and it makes me proud to be part of the, you know, the Knicks yeah. fan base and the Knicks community. Like I've never felt more prouder of a group of teams. I mean, this is probably the best team I've ever seen, which is ridiculous to say because it's not like a championship team it's not a deep playoff run team but the years that I've watched this is the the best we've played this is the best basketball I've seen it's the best coaching I've seen it's the most fun I've seen them have and it's definitely the most involved I've ever been within the Knicks community and it's just been just just a nice change <laughs> it would be nice yeah. to watch a winning team you forget yeah. like you you get you get engrossed in the tank and you get engrossed in oh this is fingers crossed this is our year for the lottery you know fade for Cade or we're going to get Zion or whoever but that's not work for us this team obviously needs to win games and, and that's what we've been able to do this season and I really I've, I've said it a couple of times now but if we can sustain this form even if we drop a couple of games which which we you know there's some tough teams I mean I'm looking at the Lakers I'm looking at Denver I'm looking at the Suns I'm looking at the Clippers all West Coast games on the road it's a tough ask it is a tough ask but this team no doubt will fight until the very end and they'll make us proud so that's all that matters to me at the moment yeah I mean I'll, I'll, over the next Week we you know Raptors and Bulls the Knicks can take care of them and sort of put on a good show against the Suns then two and one would be a really another really good week hundred percent. But this Knicks team is a little different and I suspect the Knicks are going to want to see this out with three more. And get to eleven and zero. And if we get to eleven and zero, then that that's just crazy. Uh, and this this the Raptors missed some players when we last played them. Who are back? I think Bamfleet didn't Van play. back, and Ananobi, no, Ananobi I don't think. is back as well. So that's that that 
that's one for that game. I think Levine will probably be back for the Bulls, albeit that Vooch trade looks like an absolute car crash. But yeah, I digress. I'm looking at that Suns game. That's the one. That's the one where you're sort of questioning will the Knicks have enough? The night before, the Suns take on the Nets. And so it's the second of a back-to-back at the end of a relatively long Eastern Conference trip for the Suns. And so the Knicks may get one. They could take it then. They could. could. I didn't know that. Okay, well... If we could go three and zero, amazing. If we go two and one, amazing. Even if we go one and two and we drop one, I still back us to have a strong, relatively strong. Definitely, definitely. Uh, I just think this team has that bounce back mentality, doesn't it? Like we said, the remember mentality. We brought the team, see with Julius, and I, I just, I just back them. I do, and I'm excited yeah. to see what they do with the rest because. Because these are meaningful games. We've mentioned it in the last, I think it was a couple of podcasts ago, we mentioned that we want them to be in these meaningful games where we've got our, our wishes being answered. We've got them into a position where they're going to have to play some meaningful games against the Suns, these games against Denver, against the Lakers. They're going to be taking on the top teams from a really strong Western Conference. And if they can pull some of those out of the bag, then that might just give you a bit of momentum if we make it into the playoffs and who knows what could happen then like you said mm. before give give Tibbs and his and his boys the chance to coach and scheme up a seven game series we might go out in the first round but I bet you these teams are looking at the Eastern Conference and they're looking around well, I, I wouldn't put it past the Nets and the Sixers and the Bucks to be thinking mm, I'd probably want to avoid playing the Knicks because they might win four games and sweep it but There'll be four competitive games in which we'll we'll tire them, we'll take them to the very end. So interesting, very I interesting. I don't want to get in, in trouble with Nets Twitter. Oh, we've Twitter too much Twitter. trouble. <laughs> but I think the Knicks are a difficult difficult team to face in the playoffs. And if I had aspirations of going for a chip, I would want to avoid them because. They may well be the Knicks, but the Knicks will give them ultimately a difficult series. Um, m- m- moving on, I think we'll go for our uh, moment of the week at last. So, gripe of the week. What My is gripe it, of the week. Well, aside from the obvious football turmoil we had this week with the ESL, I, I wasn't yeah. going to make reference to it. But aside from that, which really angered a lot of people, and thank God that you know, football came to its senses and, and revolted against it and we managed to go out, turned around. From a Knicks perspective, it was just the turnovers, I thought, against the Hawks. That really sort of annoyed me a little bit. It's something that we've managed to, to be fairly better at this year in terms of reducing the number of turnovers. But over the last couple of games, I just saw those turnover numbers start to creep up and it was at the start of that Hawks game where we were just giving away needless turnovers and it sort of, put us on the back foot a little bit. So mm-hmm. that was my main gripe of the week um, in Nick's land. I mean, there's, there's there's not much to really gripe about, really. Uh, I was more concerned with what was going on with my own football club, but the less said about that, the better. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Greedy bastards is all that I would say. But 
you know, my gripe of the week was with that that Mavs game. Luca, don't you? Whining child, isn't he? A whining I, baby. I purposely didn't want to mention it earlier on just for this moment. It it's it's pathetic to watch at times. And it's yeah, pathetic not only in that game, and I'm talking about it throughout the year, he, he's a phenomenal basketball player and he will can get to the hoop. He's he's deceptive off the bounce, given his size. And every time he throws up a shot at the rim, it's he's turning around and he's banging his arms to the refs. He's he's whinging about everything. And I think if he wants to whinge at anyone, he needs to whinge at that 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 seven three snake who He's just not up to it as a second man, is he? He's just no, not. It, no, he's just not. If 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 the Mavericks Soft. are serious about a championship and they've got a player who could potentially deliver a championship in Doncic, they need to really consider a move that involves pausing this either drop into the third. Yeah. Or getting rid. Or get or getting rid and maxed him. They maxed him out, didn't they? I mean, they, they that, that's looking like a silly move at the moment. I mean, don't get me wrong. If we're be, if we're playing devil's advocate and we're taking our Knicks hat off, KP obviously has a level of talent, but the sustainability isn't there. I don't think he's personally got the drive. I think he's really soft, and I think that the fact they maxed him so soon after trading for him. Coming off that ACL, I think was a, a naive move from the from the Mavs, and I think it will come back to bite them because I don't know many teams that will want to take that sort of money on now. No. Um, I just don't like the guy. I, I'm sorry, I, I just hate him. I don't I don't hate many people. I like to consider myself, you know, a fairly relaxed bloke. But KP, he can just do one, mate. He, so annoying. Yeah, I'd encourage anyone to go and read the recent interview with Mark Cuban. I'm not, I'm not going to go on about it in this, in which he says about the relationship with Doncic and Porzingis. It sounds toxic, but yeah, enough, enough about him, enough about the Mavs, because this team is the talk of the town. Let's yeah. finish it with our moment of the week. Bring us home, Cal. What do we think? Well, apart from Jose Mourinho being sacked, <laughs> my moment of the week, <laughs> my moment of the week was um, was IQ's celebration after he made that three. Like he said earlier, you were doing that dance before the pod. I think we all were. <laughs> Just seeing the smile on his face and seeing him come back after a couple of people sort of raised a few question marks, myself included, has he hit the rookie wall, etc. To see him come back and look like his old self and see him dancing around. And as well, the the moment with, with RJ and Obi when they're sort of bopping along to the go New York, go New York, go. It was brilliant. And that was my moment of the week. It just really made me happy uh, seeing IQ back. And oh, he, he's just infectious, isn't he? Watch, I said it before we came on. I watch a lot of Steph Curry highlights just because... I think the well, bloke's pure genius, one of the best to do it. His his shot is is just so pure, but I get that same fit. Not saying that they're anywhere near the same level of shooter, but IQ's shot, the mechanics, it's so smooth. It's just beautiful to watch. And I find myself watching his his highlights and watching his his three point shots back because it's just so so pure to watch. And that was my moment of the week. 
aside from Jose getting the uh, getting the boot, thank God. Um, it was IQ bopping on MSG's court after he'd uh, knocked down a couple of threes. I loved I loved the OB. The OBRJ. Go New York, go New York. I, oh, I loved it. Just just the, the arena was buzzing and those two young guys just living a dream and just just taking it all in. The IQ walk. But what really warmed my heart yesterday was Mike Woodson and Randall after the game. Just, oh, it was a beautiful moment, wasn't it? I love Mike Woodson. Oh, so do I. Woody. We love Coach Woody. Love, love him. And the whole team embraced him. And the moment at the end of the game where I know Kenny Payne has spent the majority of the time working with Randall, but it's clear that, that Woody was a big part Huge of part. this group. Huge part, yeah. And it looked as though there was still that at the end of the game, you know, we gave him the signed jersey, they all embraced, and it was just a, a, a you know, great, great moment. So, loved that. Loved, obviously, beating the Mavs. There were so many this week. You know, the Bullock three was just Super. sensational. Yeah. Your your guy took us took the one step too far and Rose punished him. And, I mean, we, we've been spoiled this week. The Knicks yeah, are sponsored. They are. They really are. It's just, like I said earlier, it's just so much fun to be involved with at the moment. You know, the last few years, you know, Twitter's been a place you stay away from when you're talking about the Knicks, really. <laughs> I mean, even last season, you know, you try to stay away from the toxic tweets and you try and, you know, try and tweet positively if you can, but I mean, this season just being on another level, the amount of interaction and the amount of friends that everyone's made and, you know, starting this pod and it's just incredible what this Knicks team has managed to do. It sort of galvanised an entire city and and all of us guys across the pond. It's incredible. And you're right, we've been totally spoiled. And I'll say it one more time, if we can hopefully just sustain this energy, I'll be buzzing, I'll be so happy. The, the Knicks UK community in particular, I think there needs to Super. be a shout out. It's oh, it's as li- it's so as good. lively as 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 any. Hundred um, percent. I I took a, a little bit of a step back with uh, my wife being so heavily pregnant in terms of you know WhatsApp group and um, commenting live on, on Twitter. I, <laughs> I sort of fell off the wagon yesterday because that game had me hyped, but. Um, I mean, the community is is wonderful. Twitter is great. I think the Knicks have one of the best fan bases in this in this country. Level of understanding of Knicks fans generally in the US oh, is beyond the best. And the coverage we get, you know, whether it's Macri, whether it's the, you know, the other guys at this at Pod Strickland, whether it's you know Hard Knicks Life, whether or not it's. Locked on Knicks, we're spoiled for choice, and everyone deserves this. Whether it be you know first first year fans based in this country who have sort of switched on this year, or whether it be you know diehards who've watched for sort of 20, 30, even longer years, even longer than that. So it's been great. Let's hope it continues. Let's hope. Let's hope we get this. Uh, 
this momentum through to the end of the year. And who knows, you know, if the Knicks get in, the Knicks get in. If the Knicks have to go in the play-in and they somehow, you know, boost their, um, you know, odds for a, a better you know, lottery pick, whatever it may be, this team's going somewhere. Something is happening. And I'm just excited to see where it goes. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And again, just a shout out to like, all of our friends we've made and all of the people we've been watching the games with and obviously our WhatsApp group and just the Knicks UK Twitter and, and everyone involved, everyone we interact with, everyone who listens to the pod, everyone who doesn't listen to the pod but we still interact with. Like It's just been superb this season. And you're right, the UK Knicks community is the, the best. It's the best. There's no two ways about it. We are we are the best community in the UK and we're one of the best, if not the best fan base in the world. And it's been so refreshing this season. And like you said, long may it continue and hopefully they'll give us something to celebrate come the end of the season. Well, it's it's time to get out of it. I mean, I could talk about this team all night. Oh, so could I. I'm, um, I mean, just if the Knicks can get two of these next three, if the Knicks can get two, it the Knicks go up to 35 wins. The Knicks have a tough That was my prediction. Yeah. That was my prediction. Oh, yeah. 35 and 37. Hands hands up from me and Scott. We were far more uh, pessimistic than than you were. Oh, rare for me. I'm never usually optimistic. <laughs> I mean, that's a testament to this team this season. <laughs> I I thought this team would hit a wall, mm-hmm. whether it be through injury, whether it be through well, we have minutes, we have through injury. That's 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 the thing we've we've hit. We have had that with with Mitch and we've Miss, had it with Rose and we've, Mitch. Yeah, but come through it. Yeah, yeah, everyone. We we've managed to just net that next man up mentality feeds into that Mamba mentality, which we were mm. talking about earlier. And it's it all goes back to Tibbs, and it all goes back to Reggie Bullock calling us the the Big Fifteen, which we yeah. are. You know, it's a team. It's a team sport. I don't want these. You know, talk about your big big threes or your you know your main superstars or whatever. But if you've not got a team, you're not going to go anywhere. And yeah. the thing we've got with the Knicks is is a, a team that wants to win and they want to fight for each other. So I believe, I do believe that we can do something, even if not in the playoffs, moving forwards. There's something there and, and we'll ta- they're going to tap into it. And whether that's through adding someone in free agency or the draft, they're going to tap into it and we'll see this team competing in the next few years. That's my it's, a, it's exciting. It, it, it is it's exciting. so exciting. So exciting. Where can people find you on the socials, Cal? Twitter's at CalHutchins26. Come and join for, I mean, if you're a football fan and you want to listen to me rant about how badly run our football is over here, <laughs> then come <laughs> and join. If you want the positive Nick's tweets, come and follow. Uh, don't forget to follow Scott as well on at NBA UK7. Obviously, hopefully he's feeling better. He'll be back next week. Hopefully, uh, feeling okay. Um, don't forget to follow our Instagram as well. We have the little programs that I've been making go up on the Instagram and the Twitter. Added a funny little um, 
snake emoji to the KP <laughs> Mavs one, which I think people found quite funny. So um, all the likes and retweets on those are all written and on Insta, the likes as well, always really appreciated. But that's where you can find us at Cal Hutchins 26. Yeah, and you can find um, at Nick's UK at Nick's underscore UK. It's as simple as that. Um, I'm going to drop this on you, Cal. Your boy was a bit banged up yesterday. Do you want yes. to wish him well? Yes, Taj. If you're listening, don't worry. I'm going to fly over when it's safe and I'm going to hunt <laughs> down Solomon Hill and make him aware that you are not to be messed with. And I, I really hope he's okay because, bless him, he took a right hit to the face. But ho- hopefully he'll be back and um, the Taj Stanning can continue against the Raptors on Saturday. Yeah. No, he's, uh, he's been uh, another really important, unexpectedly important part to this group. Yep. And huge. Yeah, we hope there for us. You know, the Pell stands are out there, but make no mistake, Taj has had such a positive impact. So we want him back ASAP. ASAP. And that goes, and that goes with Alec Burks as well. We don't know the ins and outs. We don't know if he's tested positive. We don't know if he's just come into contact. And so hopefully he's wish okay. Him the best. Yeah, we and wish him well. I'm pretty sure that Berman said that Raptors or even the Suns game. Suns game should... is when he would be back after. Oh, the, Suns, the, yeah, yeah. The Suns because okay. he missed the Raptors game, but the Suns game is when he could technically come back if he's not tested positive. If he has, then obviously we wish him well. If not, I'll be glad to see him back and um, playing against the Suns because we'll need him. Yeah. No, definitely. Well, cheers, Carl. It's another Thursday evening. And My um, day of the week. Yeah. Hope we got Saturday at 6 pm. I'll no doubt see you online and go Knicks. Go Knicks. <laughs>